0: Crimson Trace offers a free batteries for life program that includes nearly all laser sights, electronic sights, and rifle scopes. Just register your product for a free set of batteries each year at CrimsonTrace.com. Want to shoot off your mouth? This is the place. It's Gun Talk. Call 866-TALK-GUN.
1: Welcome to Gun Talk. Glad that you could be with us. I'm Tom Gresham. If you'd like to join us, that's very easy. 866-TALK-GUN. We're talking about this uh, shooting that took place in a church in Fort Worth earlier today. Bad guy shot two people, and a member of the church shot and killed the bad guy. It's being reported that the person who shot him was a member of the security team, and people are going, oh, well, see, that's not really a good guy with a gun. That's just security. No, it's a member of the church, and they form security teams. Out of members of the church. It's unbelievable how often people want to push back on the idea that good people use guns to stop crime, to save people, to save lives. Somebody said, well, I'm just sure that the, uh, the family of the people who were killed, you know, they're taking comfort in the fact that there was a good guy with a gun. I'm thinking, no, but the members of the families of the people who weren't killed are hugging their family members because there was, in fact, a good guy with a gun who stopped this. Guy didn't go in there to shoot two people. He went in there to shoot a whole bunch of people. And he was stopped from doing that because somebody shot him, as it should be. What would you, would you have rather waited until people wearing the proper clothing arrived? That is, people in uniform? Let's wait five minutes and let him kill 20 people. Is that what you're after here? It's crazy. It's nonsense. The idea that... And look, I, I get it. Some people are not willing to take care of themselves and are not willing to protect their families and they know that that makes them inadequate and as a way to deal with this inadequacy, they pretend that there's something wrong with protecting themselves and other people and they want to make fun of people who do and that somehow makes them, elevates them, makes them feel better. But they're, hey, they're still inadequate and they're irresponsible and they're not doing their duty to take care of themselves and their family. Because here's the deal. When you take care of yourself, you are, in fact, taking care of your family because your family needs you, okay? All right, good. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, Coming out of the state of Massachusetts, we get all sorts of things when it comes to guns, and not all of them are good. There is one thing really good in Massachusetts. It's one of the best and oldest gun rights organizations there, Gun Owners Action League, GOAL. Jim Wallace joins us right now from Massachusetts from GOAL with an update of what's going on there. Hello, Jim.
2: Hey, Tom. Welcome to the Second Amendment Battleground State.
1: (laughs) Boy, no. Well, you know, and there's, there's nothing new there. You've been doing that for an awful long time, and as a result, you guys have gotten really good at this. You, you're kind of a, a fine-tuned machine when it comes to fighting for gun rights.
2: Well, it's you know, and, and sadly enough, it's a battle here, and, and it really shouldn't be. I mean, you know, the birthplace of freedom has has tried to become the death knell of freedom, but you know we're we're not giving up the fight we've uh we've fought for a long time we're still fighting uh but it's it's just amazing uh, some of the ideas that come down the pike you know that that people actually file bills about but you know we we've become pretty darn good at getting the word out and and countering it not by thumping our chests and you know screaming and yelling but but actually talking sense to people and um you know just a few weeks ago. I actually took part in a uh, in a gun forum that was hosted by the League of Women Voters and huh. it was amazing how many people Tom were so angry that the league had me there. They didn't want they, they said right out, no the gun owners should not have a voice in this. Why are you allowing them to, a, them to have a voice in this and and it's pretty scary that they don't even want us to have the ability to talk, but we do and And we usually win you know win the public when we do
1: well, and what happens, of course, I mean, you know this, but for everybody else, is the reason they don 't is because they have this image of gun owners as being and, and they 'll say it outright. you don't care if children die as long as you get to play with your toys i've had them say exactly those words to me, you literally do not care if children are murdered as long as you get to play with your toys. And when they start with that idea that, no, they don't want to hear you say anything, but once you get in to do what you're doing, they listen to you and they go, oh, this guy's actually our neighbor. This guy actually cares. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the gun owners are actually doing something about it. Maybe there's a way we can all work together. And that's the beauty of what you're doing.
3: Yeah,
2: it's amazing how some of the, you know, the the hardcore on the other side don't want us to work together. They hate it when we're there. Because when we finally actually get to talk to the general public and even talk to people who aren't necessarily on our side, it's mm-hmm. amazing how much we actually have in common. And uh, unfortunately, they don't like that. And when they show up at these events, they're very uh, disturbed that the audience is is there. Matter of fact, one of the things I said to the audience was because they held mm-hmm. it at a high school, I said, it is so important that we're doing this, because, I mean, they even had, there was three of us on the panel. One of the the men on the panel actually lost a son to a school shooting back in the 90s. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he and I talk all the time. And I said to the audience, it is so important that we show these students how to do what we're doing right now, because America has forgotten how to do this. We don't sit around to, anymore. How, all we do is scream how, at each other Yeah, and, and how go to have a those discussion. sound bites that, that collect the most money. But this right here, this is how we're supposed to do things. And you know, you said it, something i got to just for saying that.
1: I'm, I'm sure. You said something in the middle of that, that. I wanted to capitalize on here. You said something about we have things in common. And I think sometimes that's not a bad way to start off the discussion. If you get a chance to talk in a forum like that, start off with, okay, first of all, All of us in this room have several things in common. You know, none Mm. of us wants for people to be murdered. We all want to reduce uh, accidental gun deaths, and we all want to reduce murders. We all want to reduce gun violence. Can we at least agree on that? If you can get them to at least go that far, now you've got at least some common ground to work from. Let me do this, though, Jim. I want to fast forward, because you just had a, a bill introduced, something going on in Massachusetts. that's kind of on the bizarro-land arena. It's like weirdness. (laughs) And if if you told me that and I didn't actually know it were true, I would think you were making it up. Tell them what's going on there.
2: Well, there was was a bill filed and it had a hearing uh, a few weeks ago that obviously we attended. And if you read the title of the bill, it does not represent what's in the bill. And that's just the first part. But it's an act to prevent gun violence. But then when you read the bill, which is very short, it's only what a paragraph, two paragraphs, and mm-hmm. and actually what it does is it basically mandates that all healthcare people and in the in the wording Tom is so you have to call it Orwellian. It's I mean I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, but this stuff is kinda <laughs> scary because it mm-hmm. actually establishes a program and the terminology they use is screening patients for the presence of firearms in the home, and if they screen that's like check- positive, that's like, and that's, that's, like,
1: that's like that's like that's like checking them for an infection, right?
2: Right, a disease, yes. And and, okay. and then it says if they screen positive, so screening positive again is like screening for a disease. If you screen right. positive uh, for the presence of firearms in the home, then you should receive counseling of some sort, um, and, and that's that's pretty scary and. We reading the bill, we're like, okay, this is, you know, it talks about preventing gun violence, but then it talks about screening for the presence of guns and then counseling. Mm-hmm. Not much there about gun violence. Um, and the other thing was we went to the hearing not only to testify against it, but to see if we could get some answers. And right. the people who were testifying for it were two doctors that worked for the city of Boston and they literally could not answer a single question that came from the committee other than the fact that, well, we are willing to work together with the committee to come up with answers for these questions so we can move on. I think we heard that a few years ago. Didn't we have to pass it to know what's in it first or something like that? Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: We'll fill in the blanks later. You just pass it now, and then we'll tell you what what you actually voted on.
2: And they were asked point blank, what are you going to do with this information? And they couldn't mm-hmm. answer it. So, you know, is there going to be some kind of database in the well, medical there, community there, about who owns guns, who doesn't is. own guns, who does counseling, that, what kind of counseling are you talking about? Um, everything you tell your doctor
1: I, now is part of a database. It's all required to be entered into your medical records now.
2: Yeah. Yep. And, and don't forget, this was a few years ago, probably four or five years ago, we actually had a legislator that, sign, that not signed a bill that filed a bill that you would have to sign a HIPAA release in order to apply for a gun license. So that's still really? in their in their thought process. But well, it's, the, just,
1: it's just another way for them to get at your gun ownership, and they're just trying to find any little crack. And they always do this. They write. The name of the bill, the title of the bill, often has nothing to do with what the bill actually is, but it sounds good. You know, it's like, you know, a bill to save children. Okay, well, then who's against saving children? And then, of course, you find out, no, it's actually a gun ban bill. That's just pretty typical of what they do. So where where are you with this bill right now?
2: Well, I mean, it was, it was heard by committee. Um, you know, nothing's happened with it. The committee hasn't taken any action on it. Uh, mm-hmm. but what was even more disturbing... We were finishing up testimony on it, and the Senate chair, uh, her name is uh, Cummerford. she said, I just want to make it clear to everybody in this room that this is not an anti-Second Amendment bill. We cannot allow this to be labeled a sec- an anti-Second Amendment bill because then we could not treat uh, gun violence as a public health epidemic like it is. And, of course, I... politely and respectfully disagreed with her and Mm -hmm. told her, you you actually can't sit here and tell me that if you can't answer any of these questions. And the fact that you passed the red flag bill last year, this is already the process right now. It's happening. People are losing their civil rights because of the decision of one person. So you can't tell me that this is not an anti-Second Amendment bill. And she just said, Well, we'll have to respectfully disagree. And I said, Well, that's well,
1: what I put. But. Well, put, put the <laughs> two things together. Put the two together a red flag law that exists, and then a law that says doctors have to screen you for the presence of firearms. And then right after that, they will say, Well, how many do you have? And there will be a a point of tripwire where they say, that's too many, so then they can invoke the red flag law because you are now are a gun hoarder, and that indicates a problem, and you know this, these are not happening independent of each other. This is all a part of a plan. And so we can have the red flag laws. Now we have the mechanism for taking away your guns. And then we require you to tell your doctors about the guns you have. Now we have a way of knowing who has the guns. So there we go. Hey, Jim, I need to get you to hold for a second. I need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about gold. Sure. And also, as we head toward 2020, the need for people to be involved in their state organizations. And you know what? We're also going to talk a little bit about the, the NRA as well. We're talking with Jim Wallace from the Gun Owners Action League out of Massachusetts. If you'd like to be a part of it, call us 866 866- talk gun.
0: Trouble is unpredictable. It shows up without warning. It rears its ugly head when and where you least expect it. Trouble has no conscience, no regrets, no remorse. Be prepared and protected with the MC1SC Subcompact 9mm Pistol by Mossberg. Yes, Mossberg, the company trusted by police and military for decades. The MC1SC Subcompact 9mm Pistol. Small, powerful, snag-free. Always with you. Available with night sights or laser. Mossberg.com.
1: Hi, this is Tom Gresham from Gun Talk. America is losing critical wildlife habitat at a rate of one football field every hour. It's happening on the Louisiana coast, but it's critical to all sportsmen and conservationists. These precious wetlands provide winter habitat for more than 10 million ducks and geese annually. Waterfowl that migrate north through dozens of states. Don't shrug it off. Get involved. You can help. Visit VanishingParadise.org. You got your carry permit, and that's good. But you know you could use more training? Get the DVDs, which have what you need. Springfield Armory presents Concealed Carry 1 and Concealed Carry 2 with Bata Group. Learn specific concealed carry skills from Top Gun fighting trainers. Get trained. Be prepared. This really is life and death. ChopgunTalk.com. That's ChopGunTalk.com. The
0: Smith & Wesson m p 380 Shield EZ Pistol revolutionized personal protection with its easy-to-use design. Now, enter the MP Shield EZ in 9mm. Built for personal and home protection, the Smith & Wesson m p 9 Shield EZ Pistol features the same easy-to-rack, easy-to-load, and easy-to-shoot design of the MP Shield EZ Series. Available at a retailer near you. Find out more at smith-wesson.com.
1: We're talking with Jim Wallace from Goal, Gun Owners Action League out of Massachusetts. Jim, one of the things I've been talking to people about for a long time now, and we've talked about it before, is the need to be involved in your state organization. It's good to be supportive of the national groups, but so much of the action these days, particularly with the Bloomberg money, they're targeting the states. They're going in with these referendums. They're working on the legislatures. And often people, gun owners, don't even know what's going on, and they don't show up. I'm, I'm specifically thinking right now about Virginia, where Gun owners did not show up. They lost the elections, and now all of a sudden they're showing up and they're making all this noise. But it's a it maybe a case of too little, too late. Yeah, you know,
2: it's uh, sadly, Tom. It's it's typical for for our folks. They don't they don't act unless they're mad or or scared. Mm. And it's uh-huh. usually after something bad happens that they show up and say, "Well, why didn't why weren't you able to stop this?" You know. And it's like, well, right. where were you? <laughs> you know, look, I mean, Massachusetts goal. I mean, we're, we're at our peak membership. We're just under 16,000 members, but there's a half a million gun owners in Massachusetts. And when you ask, can you spend 30 bucks and at least just get our information so you know what's going on? And, you know, there's there's always an excuse. And, you know, my favorite is, uh, is the one I get from, from folks when I'm at gun shows. It's like, well, I'm not joining you guys until you fix everything.
0: Okay. <laughs> you know?
2: Well, it's like Penny i really, saying, okay. guys, go up the hill. I'll be there when you're done. <laughs> it's
1: just, yeah, you know, that's, that's right. Just no, no actually, no, you got to be, but, you, you are either in the fight or you're sitting on the side complaining about it, and you're a slacker, and frankly, I use the analogy of, we're pulling this wagon, and you're in the wagon. If you're not helping to pull, we're having to drag your heavy rear end around. You're not helping. You're actually part of the problem. Get off your rear end, write a check, get involved, start making some phone calls, show up at the legislature, or shut the ex you know, just shut up.
2: Well, in the last legislative session when the red flag bill was passed in Mass, you know, all the all the people, you know, were screaming about why can't go stop this. And I said... I said, did you ever go to the state house to talk to anybody? Did you ever come in? Did you ever make an appointment? Did you even write a letter? Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. I said, tell them, guys, every day I was in that state house, there were 20 moms walking around. They had all their information. They had their letters. They had their T-shirts. Every single time I was in there, I was outnumbered 20 to 1. And I can do all the the talking I want, but if there's no power behind me, then Mm -hmm. it it makes it very difficult, you know, to to do Mm -hmm. our job. I mean, I've even I want, I want held classes want, we, on how to write a
3: letter for crying out loud.
1: When you say moms, we're talking about the people from the Moms to in Action, the Bloomberg uh, AstroTurf group, but they show up, and, they, and that's the thing that's happening that I think, Jim, that people don't understand. If you're not at these committee meetings, if you're not at the legislature, you don't understand how things have changed in the last five years. The Bloomberg money... Has created this huge group, and these people do show up. And if we're not there, they're the only voice that's being heard. And the legislators are thinking, "Well, you know, the people back there—they don't really care. There's no real opposition other than there's this guy from Goal that walks around, but he's just one guy, and he got all these other people wearing their red shirts, and they're showing up. Uh, let's go ahead and get this done."
2: Yeah, and, and they've made a good, a very good use of folks who are retired because that's usually the age group of those who are walking the halls. And that's, that's fine, but our folks just don't do it. And as, as hard as we work to try to get them organized, uh, you know, holding advocacy, learning classes, and trying to get them My, out there, it, it's very difficult. And a lot of people say, well, I sent an email. Oh, well, okay, fine, you sent an email, but do you actually know the names of your legislators? If you call their office, <laughs> do they know who you are? And, it's you know, I, I, I hate to be disparaging, but some of the people, I call them keyboard commandos. If they can't do it from mm-hmm. behind their laptop, they're not going to do it. And, well, guess what, folks? You're being outworked. The other side is simply yeah. outworking. Yep. And if you're not willing to get involved, you know, be prepared because it's coming.
1: Well, you're going to lose. I mean, there's no – and people say, well, yeah, we'll always have the Second Amendment. And I say, actually, no, that's not correct. If If it gets – it will be there. The words will be there. But if it gets gutted with all of these red flag laws and universal background check laws and, you know, medical checks on your guns and goes on and on and on. Do you really have your Second Amendment? The words are still there. But if you won't get off your rear end, you won't really have the freedoms. Jim, let me switch again. I'm going to talk. You're running for the board of NRA. I take it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I actually get, uh, get nominated by the, uh, the nominating committee, I guess when was it back in August or September, whenever they finished up their job, Um uh, uh-huh. got contacted by a few friends and colleagues around the country. And, uh, I ran once maybe a dozen years ago. And, um, <laughs> that was the year I think Erica Estrada and Ted Nugent ran. <laughs> so good luck. Right. Um, but, uh, obviously there's some, there's some things going on nationally and, I got a lot of experience with goal when I took over goal. Um, I'm a, I'm a, you know, look, basic, let me do
1: this, because I, I don't have much time. i got to put you on the spot. Will you support sure. getting rid of Wayne LaPierre?
2: I, I, I'm i not going to make any commitments, because I have no idea what's going on. I don't have any inside information. Uh, most of the people out there talking that, that think they do really don't. So I'm going to get in there, and I told them right up front, not going to be a yes man. So if you want me in there, I'm I'm certainly going to ask questions and make sure we're doing things the way we're supposed to be doing things.
1: Okay. Well, I I will respect that, but at the same time, I want people who are running to go in and say, I will remove him because uh, private jets and a quarter-billion dollars' worth of uh, custom-made suits and all the rest of the expenses and a $2 million salary that's not where we need to be. And, oh, yeah, he was overseeing the last 20 years of Ackerman McQueen, and for them to turn around and say, oh, gee, they're overbilling us. Really? You were in charge of this for 20 years. I want some board members who will say, I am here to get rid of him and to clear these guys out. Jim, I wish you luck with it. I wish that you would take make that commitment. I understand where you are. But that, frankly, as an NRA member, that's what I'm looking for, and that's the folks that I'm going to support. 866, what's it going to take for you? Get involved in 2020? It's an interesting question. Also, are you supporting the NRA these days? What's your position with all this? You just heard mine. I'd like to hear yours. 866 Talk Gun.
0: We'll keep talking. You keep reloading. Here's Tom. All
1: right, back with the 866 Talk Gun. If you'd like to be a part of this, by all means, give me a call. If you have a range report, you've been not doing some shooting, love to know that. Oh, here's a question. 2020 coming up. Is this the year you finally get involved with NFA? Are you going to get a suppressor? Had somebody ask me about I think about getting a suppressor, and then maybe uh, next year I would get, you know, and I said, look, if you can afford it, go ahead and get three. Ideally, you get three. It's going to take a year for you to get the paperwork through. Uh, get a 22rim rimfire. One for a nine, actually, not for your nine millimeter, get a 45 caliber for your pistol because then you can stick it on nine millimeter pistols as well. Yes, it's going to be a little bit louder, but it'll still work. And then get a 30 caliber for your rifle. You can shoot 30 caliber and you can also shoot 223 through that as well. Yes, it won't be quite as efficient. It's not going to be quite as efficient as getting a 22 caliber suppressor to use on your 223, but it will be versatile. You get those three, and you can use almost everything you have and use a suppressor on it. Just a thought. Hey, Brian's called in from Huntsville, Alabama. He's on four. He's got a really good point to make here. Hey, Brian, welcome to Gun Talk.
4: Uh, Greetings, and I wanted to mention that I do normally carry in service or in church concealed, uh, Mm -hmm. but make sure, I'm saying if you've got a church that already has a response team, please make sure Mm -hmm. you're part of it or you're you're well-trained and other people know that you're carrying because if they see a silhouette of your gun while you're responding and you're not part of that team and it takes training, you might end up uh, on the ground from one of your own teammates.
1: It's not a bad idea. You know, if you know for a fact that your church has a security team and you're going to carry, even if you're not a part of the security team, you need to let them know so they go, okay, well, there's Brian over there. We know that he's carrying, so if something happens, you know, he's not going to be a bad guy. And it's not a big deal for all the members of the security team to know, okay, that's Brian, and he's carrying. We're good. We've got him figured out. We know where he's sitting, Uh, obviously, and you do make a good point. If you do carry, maybe you want to ask about, yeah, you may want to ask about becoming a member of the security team. Uh, That's, you know what, that's a pretty good way to actually to serve your church.
4: Yes, it is. In addition to your 10%, yes, it is.
1: Well, sure. I mean, all all the rest of it. But if people want to be involved and and make a contribution, we have a weird deal in uh, the state of Louisiana, where I spend most of my time. And that is, it is actually written into the concealed carry law that you can't carry in churches, which I've always thought is a weird, uh, maybe a violation of this uh, supposed separation of church and state. How could they say that you can't carry in churches? Those are privately owned businesses or entities so at some point, I would love to have somebody challenge that, because I just think it probably wouldn't stand up. But it also discourages people from carrying in church, or it makes them, and the unfortunate part is, it makes them have to do it and say, okay, I know this is not allowed, but I'm just going to do it, and we'll take our chances. And that's not a good situation either.
4: Yeah, don't defeat so, your there
1: team. There you go. There you go. Appreciate it, Brian. Uh, good call. Thank you, sir. Let's see. Uh, Doug is in Huntington Beach, California, on 3. Doug, you got an update for us.
4: Hey, Tom. Yeah, I just wanted to give you a range report. Um, bought a Kimber 10-millimeter Eclipse Custom 2 and mm-hmm. had consistent problems with it failing to feed. Um, everything from the 180 grains up to... I was trying to get it to feed the heavier uh, 220 grain. Right. Uh, Ryan Several hundred rounds through it, uh, many different magazines from different manufacturers, and uh, just had trouble. so I sent it to Kimber. Mm-hmm. They uh, turned it around really quick in about a week week and a half, and it was better but still not still not doing well. Mm-hmm. so uh, ran a few more hundred rounds through, essentially uh, the cost of a of a glock. In ammo.
1: In, in ammo, and yes, I understand. In, in ammo. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, but sent it back to them a second time, and it came back again. Uh, they had replaced a few parts, done some polishing, and it runs beautifully up all the 180 grain stuff. No problems mm-hmm. anymore, but it still won't feed the heavier ammo. So I just kind of okay. had a thought, question. Okay. With 10-millimeter experience you guys have with the 1911 should – should I run a different spring
1: with the heavier ammo? Well, first of all, let me ask you: When it doesn't feed, what happens? I mean, is it is the round not getting jammed, or is it not yes, extracting? It What's going on?
4: It doesn't feed completely into the barrel, so it'll just get hung up.
1: I got a I got a weird idea here. We're just playing with. Him I'm, look, I'm not a gunsmith, okay, but I've just got an idea. When you go to heavier bullets, well, first of all, let me ask you this. When you get that failure to feed, is it when your magazine is full or is it when your magazine is almost empty, or can you tell?
4: It It's inconsistent. Yeah, I took I took notes try to keep track of that, and it's
1: inconsistent. Okay. Where I'm going with this is this. 10-millimeter ammo, when you start using 200, 220-grain bullets, that's heavy ammo, and the slide is whipping back and forth pretty quickly. With lighter ammo, the spring, the magazine spring, not the recoil spring, the magazine spring, is able to feed that ammo up in time for the slide going forward to catch it and feed it. With heavier ammo, the spring, the magazine spring, may not be up to what it needs to do to move a column of heavier ammo so it's a little bit slower sometimes getting that round to pop up there so that it can be stripped off of the top of the magazine and feed in there. And I'm wondering if there's a way to find a heavier magazine spring.
4: All right. That's what you ought to you do is ca- out,
1: huh? call Kimber, if, you, if they don't uh, have any info, call the guys at Brown Hills because they have parts yeah. for everything, and bounce it off right. of them and say, hey, I need a heavier magazine spring for my pistol, you know, describe what it is, and then swap out the magazine spring and see what, I mean, for one thing, this is going to cost you almost nothing. It's certainly not going to compare with how much you spent in ammo trying to work this problem mm-hmm. out, okay? Uh, exactly. And try that and see what see if that works for you, okay?
4: I will try that. I appreciate it.
1: Sure, it's just it's a wild hair, but I'm just kind of in my mind, I'm imagining if you see the slow motion action of the slide coming back and the ammo is heavy and the spring is trying to push this big heavy column of ammo, and maybe sometimes it just doesn't have enough spring tension to get that top round up in time for the slide to strip it out of the magazine and get it fed in there correctly. Just a thought. Of course, the other possibility could be that the heavy bullet is actually causing the front of the round to tip down as it's pushed up, and that's causing the jam. But there again, a heavier magazine spring, a stiffer magazine spring may help with that as well. It's worth a try, and it's not going to cost you much to try it, so let us know what happens, okay?
4: Absolutely, I will. Hey, Happy New Year.
1: Thank you. Same to you. All right, you take care. 866-TALK-GUN. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, Matt in Arizona, don't go anywhere. We're going to get to you, but we do have room for more calls if you'd like to join us. Where do you carry? Where do you carry where maybe other people don't carry. i are not going to say you're not supposed to. That's your own deal. Actually, I think you're supposed to carry everywhere. <laughs> but that's just me. 866-TALK-GUN.
0: Why do hunters and shooters love the Ruger American Rifle? With right-handed and left-handed versions, all-weather, Magnum, Compact, Predator, Ranch, and Scope package options, there's a Ruger American for everyone. Lightweight with an adjustable trigger and minute of angle accuracy, Ruger American Rifles pack in the features. Is the Ruger American the best rifle on the market? See for yourself at your local retailer or at Ruger.com. That's Ruger.com. This land, once wild and free, fades now from our memory. But I remember what it was like, what we were like, what we are capable of when we band together. Perhaps more than any other landscape, wetlands embody the life-giving abundance that nature has to offer. And perhaps more than any other organization, Ducks Unlimited is working to ensure that our continent's wetlands not only survive, Thrive for generations well beyond this one. These natural wonders are where waterfowl begin their cycle of life, where the deer and the antelope play, and where we, the people, gather together to see and share what makes the outdoors so great. The time is now to band together with organizations like Ducks Unlimited. The time is now to rescue our wetlands. Are you looking for a place to shoot? The National Shooting Sports Foundation has a great website called wheretoshoot.org. It's the largest database of shooting ranges on the Internet. It's also a great resource for shooters where you can find video tips, printable targets, and a lot more. Find it online at wheretoshoot.org. And while you're there, download their free iPhone app. That's wheretoshoot.org.
1: Matt's with us out of Arizona on line four. Hey, Matt, uh, where do you carry, sir? Hey, Matt, you there? Matt put down his phone. We'll go to Benny on four out of Corpus Christi, Texas. Hey, Benny, you're on Gun Talk. What's on your mind, sir?
3: Well, hello, Tom. Well, calling in because my beautiful bride gave me a laser training device for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I can drive fire laser train here at the house and save on that ammunition. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, made by a company called G-Sight. Okay. Um, It's like a little cartridge that you drop down in the chamber, and it's got a laser, red laser. And the striker, as it hits it, or I guess hammer for any other type, I got a 9mm for my... uh, M&P, but as the striker hits the back of the cartridge, there's a split second of a laser onto this target. I've got a, what is that, 23 by 35 inch birchwood Casey target taped to the living room wall as we speak.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay.
3: (laughs) But it's a momentary flash of
1: a... Okay, that's what I was going to ask you, because you're just getting like a flash of laser. How do you know where the hits are?
3: Okay, on your cell phone, it uses. there's an application that you can get with it, and it uses the camera. Your camera is directed at the target, so as the oh. laser hits the target, the cell phone picks up where it's hitting.
1: What son of a gun?
3: It is really a brilliant little gadget.
1: You know, what I'm also thinking here is that also allows you to use your own firearm and not like a specific laser gun for this, right?
3: That's that's true. Yes, sir. Um, so I get, you know, my everyday carry is, is an M&P uh, compact, so I get to use it with that, and I don't have to go right. to something that's single action or double action. But my arm's getting a little tired of racking that slide. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's here's a trick for you. Uh all you have to do is pull that slide back about a half an inch and then drop it right. back down. It'll res- it'll reset and there's a, I don't remember there I remember there was one system from laser laser light and it actually it's kind of the same kind of deal but it didn't have to have the striker or the firing pin hit it. It actually worked off of the sound of the click in there. And that may be what's going on. I don't ah. know. It doesn't matter one way or the other. Just a thought. Um, but yes, I applaud you for doing this. I applaud you. You say your wife gave you this?
3: Oh yes.
1: Huh. That is very cool. Absolutely. Thank her because I think that that's brilliant training. You can get an awful lot of trigger pulls. You can do uh, one handed, left handed, right handed. You can watch what happens, and that. Instant feedback of that laser hit now the one thing you're going to have to avoid this is going to be it's a mental game is You want your eyes are going to want to jump out there to the target and see the laser hit You've got to work on and this is a really good training to work on keeping your focus on the front sight Even after the shot don't look at the target Keep a hard focus on the front sight and then you can look at your app to see where it went that's actually a really good training deal too. Of saying, okay, I am not going to look at the target to try to see the laser hit. I'm just going to stay right hard on that front sight, and and do this, and then I'll go back at the at the app later and see where my group is, you know, and fire five shots. And if they're all low and left, and you're shooting right handed, you go, yeah, okay, there you go. I'm I'm pulling that trigger down. I'm yanking it. I know what to do. The biofeedback is wonderful on this, though.
3: Yeah, it also comes with a shot timer, and it says uh, shooter ready, and then you you know, wait for the command to draw and fire, it is uh, right. It is really something else. It's it's a pretty slick little system.
1: That really is. And you can use this, obviously, slow fire. You can do it from a holster. You can practice your draws getting on there. Uh, I like the idea of this a lot. The one, And I know you know this, but I'm just going to say it for everyone else. Wherever you do this, don't allow any ammunition in the room where you're doing this. If at all Precisely. possible. Or at least keep it keep it put away somewhere. And yeah, it would be a little bit hard to make the mistake and all that. The other thing I will I do, if I'm dry firing, when I'm done dry firing, when I load the gun and I put it back on, many a TV has lost its life from somebody who decided just one more quick draw, right? So what I here's what I do: when I holster up with my loaded gun, I say the words. Out loud, you have to say it aloud, you can 't just think it, and my what i what I say is this gun is now loaded, and I say it out loud, and that puts it into my head. you know practice is over, playtime is over, we're now wearing a loaded gun, and I would recommend that you try that, okay.
3: I'll do that very thing. Thank you, Tom.
1: All right. Hey, great range report. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate the call. Uh, good idea. And that's one of those deals. Oh, yeah. And thank you, sir. I appreciate that. There are tons of deals right now in the next two or three days out there. I was just looking at Brownells, uh, let's see, Sondra I'm just looking at all the emails that are coming in here. If you're getting these emails, check it out. If you're not, go on the website, the places you buy things from. They are really moving a lot of product inexpensively right now. It's a great time to pick up something. Maybe you get a laser trainer like this. Crimson Trace has a really good one. We use that one all the time. We really like our Crimson Trace uh, laser trainers. Besides that, they're good training and they're tons of fun. All right, 866 Talk Gun. Tom Gresham here. Be right back. Back with the eight six six Talk Gun will get you in here. Also, if you'd like to join us for the after show, now's the time to call us. Again, just call us at Tom Talk Gun. All right, we got Austin on line four out of Waco, Texas. Austin, you're up. Talk to me, please.
3: Tom Tom, I was really excited to hear you talk about, you know, twenty twenty gun laws. But I didn't mm-hmm. hear about what's happening in Puerto Rico.
1: Starts January one. A whole
0: bunch of gun rights back.
1: They are getting a bunch of gun rights back in uh, Puerto Rico. It's huge. Now, it's not quite what we would like to have in most of the U.S., but it is a major, major improvement. We were going to talk about that, and it got sidetracked by talking about the uh, church shooting in Texas. Shooting but, in hey, Texas. What we'll do Yeah. Yeah. We will come back next week. We'll talk about that because it is important, and it's a big story. And uh, I had it laying right here to talk about, and then, of course, with the breaking news, I just I put that aside and said we'll get to that. But I am so glad that you're aware of that. Most people are not aware. How did you even know about it?
3: I read it on a gun blog, uh, but it's amazing <laughs> what they're getting back. And I hope we never lose, you know, what they lost. And then you have to fight to get it back. But it's amazing what they're getting back.
1: They are. It's huge. We'll talk about that. And those who don't know, uh, you know they can also you know, look for it on gun blogs and, and news. Ammo Land has good information. Uh, that's a really good source for things. Uh, I'm, I really rely on Ammo Land quite a bit. I think they do good reporting, but I appreciate that. Uh, List up next week, we'll talk about it. Okay, Austin, appreciate that, sir. Let's go to Michael on three out of Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. Hey, Michael, you're up. Hey there. I just want to encourage everyone to, uh, to try to
4: get their uh, – the rules changed in the workplace and in the churches and everything. My daughter was assassinated in Virginia Beach. She was uh, one of the head engineers in, uh, at the public works there in on uh, May 31st. And uh, the perp came in, uh, gave her two, uh, came back, and gave her two more. Um,
1: and they couldn't after carry After he there.
4: whacked a bunch of other people. So my, my I'm encouraging people to get the rules changed. It was a rule up there at uh, public works in Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia that you can't carry at work. Uh, her husband was insisting that she take a take her uh, take his piece with her to work, even though it was against the rules. She insisted as a manager she couldn't do that. That's breaking the rules. She knew that she had a bad feeling something was gonna happen that day on a Friday afternoon when uh, everyone was oh. leaving to go home. And
1: Michael, I'm so sorry. So,
4: yeah, it's it's
1: ugly deal. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. You know what? You got to figure out what's important. Obeying the rules or staying alive. And if the rules make it impossible, then and I know it's easy for somebody else to say, "Go find another job," because it's not easy to go find another job. At the same time, you got to make up your mind. You got to make the call. And Michael, I thank you for your call. I'm yeah, I can't express my words. I have no words for that. But it is a thought. People say, well, you know, my work doesn't allow. Really? Really? You're going to to let somebody else tell you that you have to be vulnerable, you have to potentially die so that their risk analysis people, their lawyers who review this say, we will be better off from a lawsuit standpoint if we require our people to be defenseless. You're willing to be a part of that? You're willing to say, yes, sure. I know that this guy is a real problem, and he is liable to come in here and kill people, but you know, and I'm not saying anything bad about Michael's daughter. He knows. He understands. He's frustrated. He gets it. I'm just saying you have to figure that out yourself, and where you come down on that is a personal choice, but you know, there are some rules that it's okay to break. And people say, well, I'll get fired if they find out. You know what? And that may be, some people have decided, a lot of people have decided that's a risk worth taking. Nobody can decide that for you. Personal choice, personal preference, hard decisions. But just consider what we're, what's really at stake here, what's really at stake. And just remember Michael's call. Hey, if you'd like to be a part of the after show, call me right now, 866 talk done. We could go range of ports we can go pretty much anywhere you want to go in the meantime carry always carry always carry always get training practice get the right gear oh yeah did i mention carry always be safe out there